Thank you for listening to the Pure Purpose Podcast. I'm Bobby Jones. And I'm Beth Hobbs. The only podcast where you get the tools that you need to become your true authentic self and walk out your destiny. Beth, how are you doing? I am doing so well. So well. How are you, Bobby? I'm doing really well. Good. Really well. I'm excited for today. Yes. You know why, though? Tell me why. Because I'm, well, I'm excited. So in the last episode, I shared my testimony yes. about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're going to share yours. Yeah. And I've never heard your story. Oh, so I you mean, and all the listeners are going to be on a journey together. I'm going to be on a journey. And so I've heard a little bit. Mm. Bits and pieces, yeah. But I haven't heard your whole story, so right. Um, I'm just excited to hear it today. Yeah. So whenever you're ready, I just want you to take it away. Whatever you got to say, and then yeah. I may, just so you know, like when we get halfway through this, or I might ask some questions. Yeah, that's great. No, and we ended the last episode saying that if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Yep. And so I really love this opportunity to get to share like a second side, another kind yes. of story, another thing that God has done. Yes. Because if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Absolutely. Love so it. I was born in Laramie, Wyoming to two campus pastors. Wow. So I have been a missionary from the womb. I was an incredible magnet for college students because I was an adorable baby. And if you're a college student and or just a young person generically, your exposure to babies is kind of small. Yeah. So like from the womb, I was immersed in knowing who God was. And I remember being four years old and like talking to my parents, like, mom, dad, like you tell these students all the time about this Jesus. Like I need to know this Jesus. Like Mm. I can't just be out of the loop. Like I need him. And I didn't really know what I needed. All I knew was that I like growing up in Sunday school and all of these things, I had this hyper awareness of damnation. I was so aware that everything that I did wrong counted against me. And I really, really badly did not want to die and go to hell. Right. So I'm, I'm like, guys, I'm four years old and I come to Jesus. I pray the prayer. My parents are so stoked and like all of this stuff. And I'm happy too, because I know Jesus and I have yeah. this deep sense of security about me because I know Jesus. I have the answer to everything in the universe. Yep. I know Jesus. So when I was seven, my parents are like, hey, we're going to go to Poland and tell more people about Jesus. And I'm hyped because I'm like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Like I get to share the hope of the gospel with more people. Yep. Now, if you don't know anything about Poland, it's a Catholic country. <laughs> is it? Like when we moved there, 98% Catholic. That makes sense though. 98% Catholic. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the anecdotes say that Poles are just, they're so anti-government that when the communists were ruling over us and they said, we're going to be atheist, the entire Polish population was like, nope, mm. we're going to, we're just going to, we're going to follow Jesus because you say we shouldn't. And so they very much did. Wow. So imagine... A young person who is deathly afraid of dying. Yeah. I've been moving there. overseas. Yep. To talk about the one solution that we have against dying. Where you literally Jesus. could die. Exactly. Over there. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sharing this. Right. Okay. I mean I mean it was a Catholic country, so like in terms of like safety. But yeah, that whole missionary spirit and that idea yeah. of like going into the world and mm. bringing the good news, the Great Commission. It's at the end of Matthew, for those of you who yep. are reading or have read it. Yeah. I was living that out. Mm. But yet, on the inside, I was really insecure. Mm. I was like, 
very, very concerned about being right about who God is and what he's about and what kind of a person he is. Because mm. I had all of the doctrine. I mean, I was, I was immersed in it from, from childhood. Yeah. And yet my experience with God was just this very, very angry man yeah. who wanted to throw everyone into fire. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a terrible, terrible place to be because your every action is just under constant scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And you, I was experiencing this thing where I was hyper aware of my own insufficiency and I had no hope. Like my only hope was that Jesus was actually going to keep his word, but I didn't have personal experiences to confirm that he was going to do that. Yeah. Cause I was just in the church. I was just doing stuff and like other people heard from Jesus and other people like had these experiences and other people had lived a life of sin before and then had been saved and could feel a difference. But I was Mm. born in it. I didn't have a difference. Yeah. This was just life. Wow. And so it's all you knew. It's all I knew. And like, I tried really hard to be good at it. So like when I was 11, like I got baptized as soon as I understood what baptism was. Cause I'm like, this is what Christians do. And if I don't want to go to hell, I'm going to get baptized. And then I learned about the baptism in the Holy spirit. And I was like, I got to do this because if I don't do this, like <laughs> right. I'm going to be in trouble. Right. And God in his kindness, like showed up. Absolutely. Wow. By all means. Yeah. But this just continues. And so, I'm 17. We move back to the United States. I'm moving to a foreign country. It's a very, very traumatic time. And I'm in this incredible school environment. And all of the evidence that I'm being shown says there is no God. Because I'm being taught in science classes about the Big Bang and about evolution. And I'm being taught in history how... All of these horrible, terrible, incredibly awful things have happened over the over time and over space. And especially, I mean, <laughs> the Crusades really do a number on you because you're like, wow, God, you're the one who is so interested in being involved with us. And yet look at all of these terrible things that have happened over history. Yeah. And so like all of the evidence of my education was just like, there is no God. Mm. And so, like I had these moments and I was immersed in this place where I was with Christians and I was with God and yet I didn't have a personal connection with him. Yeah. And so I'm constantly doubting him, but I don't dare doubt him because I'm terrified of hell. So there's this, it's a huge yeah. conflict. And so it's just messy. This is the context into which I walk into my senior year of high school. So I'm, I'm going through this trauma of being removed from my native land and like, like the legit, my class size was size three. Like there were three of us in my graduating class. Mm. And then I came to the States and my graduating class size was 400. Yeah. And I, I know I've shared in some other episodes, like I went from a place where we were worried about global citizenship to a place where my peers were worried about the smudge on their shoes. So like, there's this huge turmoil inside of me and every single Christian that I talk to about all of this evidence that is mounting in my academic system are just like, Beth, it's not a big deal. Or they didn't have the language. They were trying to argue against evolution in terms that no sane evolutionist would ever argue. It made no sense. And I was like, listen, (laughs) I'm not dumb. You can't pull this one over me. Right. Like if the evidence shows that God is not real, then I probably don't need to be so afraid of hell. Yeah. But at the same time, I resented existence and I was too afraid to kill myself because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to find. So I just lived in this state of like perpetual pain, perpetual sorrow, perpetual agony, like mentally, physically, spiritually. 
and I go to college. Mm. And this whole time, I'm just like, God, if you're real, and because I believe you have to be real, because it's not like growing up immersed in Christian culture, I haven't seen evidence for his existence. I just haven't seen evidence for his goodness necessarily. Oh, yep. So it's like, I know you exist, but the, your existence is shown to me as this angry, angry man who just wants to punish people. Yep. If you're real, like I need you because I am suffering. Yeah. And I refuse to turn against you because I'm too afraid but if you're real, I need you. So I... Won't he show up in that too? Uh, he, and the funny thing, Bobby, is that like looking back, I totally see how he did. But in the moment, I was blind to it. Yeah. Because my eyes were only open to seeing the evidence of his evil and his not reality. Yeah. Like I only wanted to find evidence that proved he didn't exist. Of course. And so, but now I look back and I'm like, wow, like he put that person in my life. He had that conversation yeah. with me. Like... And it wasn't in like words that I could understand. Yep. And yet he was doing it. Mm. So I get to college and I get involved in the church because that's what you're supposed to do to be a good Christian. Of course. And I was really good at being a good person because yeah. I'm really freaking motivated to do a good job, even yeah. though I'm constantly aware of how poorly I am do- doing, doing the it. job. Yes. Oh. Yep. Wow. For the record, Jesus covers all of that. He does. He does. <laughs> I didn't know this at the time, but he does. <laughs> and I hate my existence so much, but I don't want to die. At the time. At the time. Yes, Not yes, now. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good, clar- good clarification. Yes. So at the bit. time, my mental state was I hate my existence so much. I refuse to die because I don't know what's going to happen. And I have this faith, like I have this belief, I have this mental assent to this fact that if I were to die, that I have served my life and I have had the faith and I have done the things so that I can know that I'm going to be okay. But I didn't know that. Yeah. Makes sense. Into this space come some people who just started loving me unconditionally. Yep. Yep. That will happen. And that is the secret isn't it yeah. <laughs> it's like it's how jesus draws him to himself it's his kindness it's his unconditional love it's his kind that's that's what the that's what yep. the bible says yep it's Romans his two. kindness mm-hmm. that leads us to repentance right it's not the hammer hung over our nope. heads it's not the threat of punishment it's not the fires of hell underneath your feet that cause you to repent no it's his kindness kind and that oh, was my experience man. because my whole life, I was just surrounded with this fire and with this brimstone and with this darkness. And I'm not saying that hell isn't a real place or that it's not a judgment or a reality. All I'm saying is that none of that brought me to Jesus. So good. And what did bring me to Jesus was the unconditional love of some imperfect people who just loved me in that place. Yeah. And so over time, as I let people love me and as I continued to just not reject God outright as I continued to look for evidence of his person and of his presence, I started finding it more and more. There was this moment in the summer of 2016. I was at a church camp and I was just distraught because I was like, God, I hate existing so much. I resent it so much. Existence is so painful. 
I refuse to like give up because I'm stubborn and because I don't know what's going to happen. And like, I, I, I believe that you're real, but that's just like mental ascent. I don't have this experience. And yeah. I was on the floor, like on all fours. And I just felt so weak and so tired. And I, it's, it was just like this, like accumulation of this whole like trauma, this moving and this stuff, that's just other stuff that had happened. And I was on the floor and I, had this moment of just internal clarity where I was like, if I don't get up off this floor, I am not getting up off of this floor. Mm-hmm. Like I will die right here if I do not get up. Yeah. And so I, I was like, well, I guess I'm getting up. Yep. And I like haul myself to my feet and I walk over to my friends and I didn't even say anything. I just took their hands and I placed them on my head mm-hmm. and immediately they just start praying and to me, it felt like 10 minutes yeah. of them praying for me. But it turns out later, it was more like half an hour to an yeah. hour of them praying. Yep. And like, it's just intense because they're like shouting into my ears, all of this stuff. And they're, and it was a very intense moment. Like it was a church camp, you know, like yep. the closing worship and all this stuff is happening. So I had to let go and I had to forgive all of this stuff, all of these lies I held about God, all of these lies that I held... And I just had to let it go. Yeah. And again, like I said, I felt like 10 minutes, but it was actually half an hour. I'm just like screaming and I am struggling and I am wrestling with this reality. But at the end of it, everything had like kind of calmed down and it was just me and my, a couple of my friends and one of my pastors. And I remember feeling completely free, completely mm. pain-free. Love it. All of the... Anxiety and the resentment at my existence was, I had just released it. Yeah. And it left. So good. And I know that part of it was that my friends had like helped in that battle of lifting it off of me. Yeah. But at the same time, I had this real clear picture of Jesus Mm. and his presence. Mm. And his presence filled that void of pain and filled that void of resentment. Yeah. And oh my gosh. (laughs) Beth. I want to, that's amazing. I love that because it, I just love how, you know, that just goes to show who God is too. Right. Because we're all different. Come on. And he all has to use different ways. But for some of our listeners, I get a lot of kids always messaging me about, you know, they're just, they're hurting. Yeah. And you just said something that his presence filled that pain. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little bit more for the ones that maybe they're looking for something to fill that pain? Yeah. I think of it like a tree okay. planted inside of my heart, right? Yep. And the tree of pain has a lot of experience. It has a lot of time. It has a lot of evidence inside yep. of things that have happened to you or things that you have taken on or things that you felt. Yeah. And what it was is that it was like that tree was ripped out. Jesus ripped out that tree in that moment. Yeah. And so there was this Completely out of there. Yeah. He just threw it away like straight up, gone. Yeah. Sayonara. Yeah. But what was left was all of this loose dirt, so to speak. Yep. There was just this hole. That had to be covered. It did. It had to be filled so that something else couldn't take root there. I see like three different pictures of how this goes. One is like that one where he just uproots it and then he, you let him 
You invite him into that space. Yes. The second one is you invite him into that space, even with the pain still there. So that tree is still there. But when he comes, he sets fire to the root Mm. and the whole tree burns from the root up. And then all that's left is just him. Mm. And he is love. He is joy. He is peace. And so these are the the ways that we can know, oh, like, is this Jesus or is this just me making stuff up? If it's love, if it's joy, if it's peace, then it's him. Yeah. And that's it. I find that it's him, even if I don't acknowledge that it's him. Yes. Because I may not have the words to say, oh, this is Jesus. But if I'm experiencing those things, this is who he is. Yeah, it is. This is the way he wants to engage Mm. us as people is by bringing restoration and by bringing health and by bringing new Mm. newness. That's he promises us. He promises, promises us new. Right. We're called, Paul calls us a new creation. creation. He says the old is gone. That old tree is ripped out by the roots. It's burned up from the inside. There's like, you can take whatever picture you want there on how Mm -hmm. that tree gets out of there and it'll work because what comes in its place is something that's completely unrelated to what it was and is brand new. Brand new. And that was my life. I mean, I still had to like work out how I lived my life from that new revelation. And that took me a process of about two years. Two years. Oh yeah. And one, I I had to read like (laughs) scripture textbooks, like all of these things to like come to terms with like, Oh, God's not just an angry man. Like he's actually a loving father. Right. And this is how that works out. And this is the physical way in which I live out my, my faith and live out a relationship with him so that that makes sense. And so that that works. Yep. But Within two years of that, I felt, I finally felt like I was, so to speak, born again. I finally felt like I had had that experience of having a before and an after with Jesus in the middle. Yep. And that feels so frustrating to say as someone who grew up born on the pews, living that Christian life. Yep. But yet, it, I was like 22 before I was like, you know what? Like, I really actually feel like I know who Jesus is. Yeah. And he really actually has transformed everything about me into a completely new person. Yeah. Let me just jump in with you on that. I was the same way. I well, So, he's fast-tracked me a lot. Yeah. Like, it's been seven years is all. But it feels like it's been 30. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. But that's, I guess that's what he does when your heart's there. You know, he'll fast track it. Well, I ran for five years Mm. in not knowing really who he was as well. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. I saw the guy who was waiting to strike me down. Yep. You know, this is what it was. Moved here to Casper Mm -hmm. and every uh, unconditional love. Yep. Changed everything for me. Mm -hmm. And I finally got to the place where I see he loves me. He truly loves me. And it's been awesome. Yeah. You know, last two and a half years have been awesome. It's like, and that's where I can rest at Mm -hmm. in his love. And so I've been there. Yeah. I know what that's like. And it is, it's harder to admit. But you know what? It's not really though. Because there's a lot of people that won't admit that. Right. And they'll stay in the same place and they'll never grow. Unfortunately. And like internally, you're just building up this resentment against God. Yeah. Over something that he has no intention of you going through. That's it. And it's like, not that he has no intention of you not going through hard things, but that he wants to be there with you. And he wants to, it's like a picture of you being 
on the ocean in yeah. a storm. And it's like you can either be in the storm by yeah. yourself or you can be in a lifeboat. Yep. And he is the lifeboat. He's a lifeboat. And I mean, so good. it's like that because the storms of life are real. They are. And history and science and yeah. English and all of the like yeah. evidence that you will find in schools confirms that life is hard. Yeah, life's hard. And yet there is hope. There is yeah. that saving grace yep. in Jesus. Yeah. Let me just say, like too, with that, cars won't do it. Money won't do it. Relationships won't do it. Better jobs won't do it, right? Newer clothes won't do it. Yeah, climbing up the ladder of success won't do it. Won't do it. If you have all of the followers on all of the places, it's not going to do it. Won't do it. (laughs) Having a million, four million, five million followers, all this stuff, it will not do it. Nothing will satisfy. That is all fleeting. It will leave one day. Jesus is the only one that can do it. That's the reality of it. The grind and working hard that, that won't do it, it won't do it. There's, you can try all those things, but we'll be waiting here at the end of that saying, hey, you sure? Like, here's Jesus. Go ahead, try him. Yeah. You know, and he'll be waiting for you too. So I just want that to be clear. No amount of success, no amount of jobs, it won't do it. And it's not that you can't tread water in this ocean of life. Of course you can. We totally can. And yet that's not his desire. That's not his design for us. No. His design for us is to walk on the water. Absolutely. And, And yet, I mean, and so it's like these things where it's like, I know there's, for me, at least like this conflict of like when I'm sharing on this podcast I'm, or like in a school environment, it's yeah. like, I want to tell you everything that you need. Absolutely. And yet I can only tell you the stuff that will let you tread water. Yeah. Because without Jesus, that's True. all you're doing. Like if you're, if yeah. you're anxietying out and you're having a panic attack and I tell you to tap bilaterally, yep. like on either side of your body, like that's treading water. In the moment. In the moment. It gets rid of it, but not long term. Because it's a deep, it's rooted to something. It's, it's a symptom. Deep rooted. Yeah. Jesus so, is the answer. He's the answer. And that's, again, I debated, I debated doing this, but I couldn't go, I don't want to go anymore without having, in, in, in a society full of lies, we need the truth. And the truth is you will always continue to hurt unless you seek him out, mm-hmm. seek his face. And it's his kindness. And now I just want to say this and we can start wrapping up. There is, there has to be repentance. Yes. I will say, I don't want to give you the false thing. You're going to, when you meet him, when you come face to face with him in the end, that encounter, it's repenting, saying, God, I am sorry for, for the life of sin that I live. Please, like, I turn from that and I want new life. Now, that doesn't mean you won't sin again. Right. We're human. We make a lot of dumb decisions. Doesn't mean we're dumb. We are not dumb people. You know, I hear people say, oh, I'm an idiot. No, 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 you're not. You're not. You make dumb decisions because you live with something called the flesh. And our flesh wants a lot of things that will never, ever satisfy us, right? But there has to be a repentance. So I don't want to leave that out. That has to be. Yeah. It's just, it's as simple as saying, God, forgive me for the wicked life that I lived. Well, and you said that God completely changed your want to anyway. Changed so my you want to. knew that what you used to want was insufficient. Was insufficient. And that's what it looks like. Yeah. Absolutely. Always left me thirsting after more. But what does it say in the Bible? If you drink the water that I give you, and he said to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, if you drink the water that I give you, if you knew who I really was, mm-hmm. 
and you drank the water that I give you that I have, you'll never thirst again. Yeah. You'll never thirst again. And that's the thing. You never will thirst again. Mm -hmm. And if you're thirsting again, it's because you're following your flesh. Yep. You drink it from the wrong well. Wrong, wrong well. But the spirit, you'll never thirst again there. Mm -hmm. Everything we need. And that's just it. Just because we want something doesn't mean we need something, right? And just because it's natural doesn't mean we need it to live, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to understand drinking from his well will never thirst again. Yeah. Beth. Thanks for letting me share. You're welcome. Amazing story. I love that. I love what God's doing in your life. And it's just only starting. That's the cool thing about it. It's just, it's always just beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always just beginning. There's something new. Man, it's just starting. It's just starting. I love that. If you have any questions on this, please, I want you to email us and, and it will be in this episode. But I'll just say here, purpose, peer purpose podcast at gmail.com. Please, please. We, we do a lot of stuff in, in the, the faith world. Beth was a youth pastor, still is. I speak a lot. I preach a lot. I do a lot of different things. So we know this stuff. If you have any questions on this, please reach out. We'd love to talk to you about that. We'd love to talk to you about that. We're giving you the answer, and the answer is Jesus. It's not us. Mm-hmm. We'll be used, right? and we'll say yes, but it's not us. Yeah. It's him. Always. We love you all. He loves you all. We hope to see you soon and talk to you soon. Again, we love being here with you. We love you listening and tuning in. We want to hear from you. So we have an email, purepurposepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to know where you're listening from. And just if you have any questions, we may even turn them into episode content. We just love you. We're with you. We want you to know that there's so much gold inside of you. There's so much greatness inside of you. And it's all going to come out. And we're here for you. That's all I got for you. See you next time. Peace be with you.